welcome to episode 15 of series four cherry jam uh again a little uh just a, a limited pod this week it's myself ed price and russ brooks um everyone else is is uh is enjoying the joys of uh of christmas and work and moving house and all sorts of things uh right so uh russ we're going to talk about the first of all we're talk about the gloucester game um a gloucester win over northampton a fantastic performance I'd probably say one of the more complete performances of the season. Um, not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but um, certainly a massive improvement on previous weeks. Um, and then we'll also t- touch on the announcement this week of Eddie Jones' uh, removal as England coach, uh, Wayne Pivak's removal as uh, Wales coach, and the return of Warren Gatland, uh, who we think we might want as England coach and where we see England going in the next year basically um but we'll start off with the gloucester game russ um i know you would have watched this on telly um and i watched it in the ground and um it was a fairly pleasurable experience i think yeah it was a good one i watched it slightly i had to watch it on playback so Mm. i'm avoiding social media like mad that (laughs) night (laughs) because i was in the middle of putting the boy to bed just as the game kicked off but it was one of those ones where I was pleasantly surprised watching it back. Um, so, yeah, it was a very enjoyable game, I thought. Um, lots, lots to like about it. Um, just, just trying to refresh my memory of what we did. Because <laughs> it was, I, I think it was just good that we were in the game from from the off. Um, yes, it was never much really, start, wasn't it? Yeah, it never really looked like we were going to lose that game. Um I think after the second start of the second half, Northampton came out and threw a lot at us, but <clears throat> I still never felt really that worried that we were yeah. we were going to you know we were going to capitulate in the way we have done before. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there were some obvious standouts, weren't there? Um, well, I yeah, mean, clearly. <laughs> I mean, Santi was superb. Yes, um, I'm pretty much of the opinion that if we could clone him and have him play at fly half and 15 every week, <clears throat> that would make life a hell of a lot easier. Um, yeah. Because considering apparently George said after the game, he's only trained at 10 twice previously. And, you know, I know he wasn't great last week, but he really was just, just commanded that game, didn't he? Every decision he made was the right one. I'd like to know where his goal kickings come from and why we haven't used him before because he's been <laughs> bloody just, excellent. It, I didn't even know he could do that. Do you know what's really <laughs> frustrating about? I remember last season, I think it was away at Bristol, and he was doing, he was practicing from <clears> the halfway line and absolutely nailing them. And we're like, oh. Yeah. That's new. Get well, that quiet. Get that quiet. And you're thinking to yourself, look, we, yeah, I've clearly. You've got a bloke in Hastings, and uh, who, who you know is is very good goal kicker. Um, but when you're sort of thinking to yourself, "Hang on a minute," you've nailed every single kick. I think he missed one against Quinns, didn't he? Um, yeah. And that was from right out on the touchline. So again, what what it, this is? It's the Gloucester equivalent of. Rory Delap in that Southampton had him for years and years and years and at no point did that one work out he had a long throw. We've managed to get at him for like two and a half years now with Santi and we've only just realised he can kick goals. It's like 
there's something in Gloucester where it's coded. It's like an early computer game where it's like if you play fly half, you have to be the goal kicker. You have no choice in that matter. Yeah. Because we never seem to, if you're 10, you seem to be the goal kicker. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really weird thing. But there was a lot he did very well. His decision making. I mean, he's always brave in defence as well, isn't it? I yeah. mean, it, it must be weird having a 10 that you can't really run down his channel because he's going to tackle you. Um, I mean, it helps having Harris outside, who was superb as well. Yeah. And I mean, I was saying, making this point to you earlier. <clears throat> At the moment, watching Val play rugby is just an absolute joy because mm. I would argue he's he's not just the form prop in the Premiership. He's up there as one of the best players in the Prem for what he does week in, week out consistently. I mean... He's added so much to his game. I think Loz made the point. He absolutely destroyed Hill in oh, yeah. that scrum. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, I almost felt sorry for Hill. I've been on the end of that where there's just nothing you could do. And he, no. he was just decimated him. He was deadly in the loose again. Like just, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want him running at me. He's just ridiculous. And over the ball. Again, some of his turnovers, you're just like, how has he done that? How how does someone with that size and that frame just get as low as he does? And and he he's, he seems to make the decision really well. I think in previous years he gave away some stupid penalties, but he seems to have adapted his ability of this is this is what I can get. And it's the intelligence of it. That's yeah. as you say, it's picking the rucks to go in for. And then once you've done it, you have to commit because obviously if you don't commit properly, you're going to get you're either going to get knocked off, you're going to get maybe in the wrong body shape, and then you're going to give a penalty away because you, the ref might deem you off your feet, <coughs> um, or you get trapped in. Um, so it's that it's that in game intelligence which I think is is vastly improved. I think the other side of things, and uh, and I'm, you know this isn't a slight against Val, it's just your body changes over time. But I think his fitness and his durability is clearly improved. Um, that's that's a that's obviously a big facet of his game now where he can go 65 70 minutes uh, i know he was struggling towards the end but i think he had a he, he'd been nailed two or three times in short quick succession um but the fact that you know he's able to do that i i i think he's i, I was critical of, of val um before and not because i didn't think he was a great player i do i've always thought he was a good player i felt that sometimes maybe as you said giving penalties away. Mm. Um, I felt that sometimes that as, you know, fitness wise, I think he's probably, I think, you know, he, he was, he struggled. He, he's been in that, he was in and out of the team. He would go, um, you know, several weeks out for no apparent reason, or he would be having little knocks and niggles and stuff. And that's another element of it. As you grow, as you develop as a rugby player or, you know, as a professional sportsman, you learn you to know what your body is, can cope with and, how you to train and all the rest of it. And I wonder if that's an element of it. Um, and, and, you know, he was, you've got to feel sorry for him because I think in any other game, he would have been the absolute nailed on player of the match. It's just that Santi had that first half and Santi had was one I mean, of the yeah. best 10 performances we've had at Gloucester for years. Just unplayable lots. And there was, it was, it was all round, wasn't it? He had yeah. some nice touches, some great footwork great try but he kicked well Mm -hmm. he made the right decisions um he was superb i think 
that, it, it wasn't just him. He was superb there in that game management, though, Ed. For me, I think that's the best 9-10 performance we've had all season, where they both, Varney, I thought, was superb. You yeah. know, very, it hasn't had a lot of game time, but he's put himself in the mix for me. You know, we've got, Meehan's been playing quite well. Chapman plays well. Chapman, I know everyone really likes him. You know, I, I really am a big fan of Chapman. Chapman's temperament still worries me at times. I think I've spoken about the game plan we play sometimes. For me, yes, it's limited. I don't necessarily like what we look for in a nine, but Varney does everything that that asks at the moment. But yeah. if he, his box kicks were on the money, he gave people a chance of chasing. Again, he made good decisions. So, it, it, again, that helped Santi a lot, but yeah, Santi was just just superb. But it was nice to see them both knocking on the door, and suddenly we've got a few good options at ten because I thought Barton looked okay when he came on as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice. It, it, Hastings needs some competition, doesn't he? I'm a big fan of Hastings, but you, you need that to keep him honest. The problem is, is for me, Santi is still our best fifteen. But again, Lloyd did. I thought I, I, I have to be. I have to be honest. I think Lloyd Evans is. I don't think is is should be playing at ten. No. Now I think I think we now have got options which we probably didn't think we had. Um, I, I don't think uh, you know he's he's he did well when he had to fill in um, a few years ago, but I think Lloyd Evans should be as basically a utility back, as in covering fly half if we absolutely desperately need him to. But really, should be looking at fullback as his position. Yeah, um, to, and you know, in basically, when he comes in at fullback, I'm not concerned. I don't feel we're we're lacking anything. We, I don't think we drop hugely off. No. Um, Carreras is probably our, well, he is our best fullback. I would argue he's one of our best wingers. He's one of our best fly halves. That's the problem with Carreras. He's so good as playing rugby that I reckon he could play any of the back and any of the positions in the backs. And do a really yeah, good job. For, for me, I'd like him at fifteen with Samir and one of May and or Foley. If you've got all of them fit and available, that feels like the best balance. For yeah, our back three. Agreed. Uh, I mean, one thing I would say though, Russell, we've got to touch on the other player who had a storming game. I'm not sure if it was his full debut, um, but it was Seb Atkinson. Yeah, I was meant. I was really just, pleased for him because I thought to mention him because yeah, I think what was good is. I, I, d- I didn't know much about him when he came in, but the way he was mm. taught, what I thought was really good in that game was his defence. Because, yes. you know, you've got a lot. So it, it, when you got Chris Harris outside you, you think, right, that, um, that helps a person because they can be a bit weaker. To, but he did not shirk mm. at all. He put some big hits in, some big tackles, and he just did did all the right things going forward. Nothing massive, nothing standing out, but yeah. If, I, I can't. I'm not sure if it was his debut or not, but very, very impressive in a position that we've all been a little bit nervous about and worried about. And it just seems if you're 12 and your name's Atkinson, you're <laughs> going to do a good job there. So yeah. it, it was nice to see, and hopefully he gets a few more opportunities there um, because yeah, he looked. Yeah, really it's going to be interesting. This it'll be interesting this Saturday with selection because I think he, you know, for someone he had a good, a really good game against a very tough opposition in Northampton, you'd feel a bit annoyed if you got dropped. Yeah, it'd be interesting because it did feel like... So we had that... This It was a weird weekend because we had the Exeter game, which we've not mentioned. And 
I hope you don't want me to talk about that because I've no uh, idea what I, happened. I, 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 watched, I watched the I watched the the highlights. Yeah, and I can't I say any more than that. So I'll, we'll probably leave that on the basis. But I think, but I think what was interesting was you could see again the selection felt good where they tried to send a few senior players down to that yeah. game just to keep it because it's a weird one, isn't it? We still don't know if we've qualified in that competition. And we won't know until February. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's there's probably some players who played in that game, the likes of Billy and so on, who might come back into the mix. But for me, I'd like to see Atkinson keep keep that shirt and see how he does. But yeah, it's, it'll be interesting with Europe coming up. Obviously, what we do. Yeah, just a side note. Obviously, a, a serious injury for uh, Singleton, um, a lower lower leg injury. Um, and there's a photo, uh, I think he stuck up on, on Instagram or whatever, which of him in a hospital bed with a bloody big uh, bandage around his leg, um, which is worrying. And obviously we, we wish him well. Um, it, I would imagine that's probably him out for the rest of the season or the majority of the rest of the season, depending on on, on the type of injury it, it, it is. It looked nasty. They, thankfully, the BT decided not to replay it, but mm. it was one I it looked... It, it, you know, having broke my ankle, it had that look of the same sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. he's significant left, and he yeah. was again. He's he's been playing really well, so it's really disappointing for it him. is. And, and you know, it gives an opportunity that obviously Cecino now is going to be our number one hooker, but it does mean that there's opportunities. We've got we've recently signed another young player from Worcester. Um, we've also got um, you know Walker, who's stepped up before. Um, and you know, it gives an opportunity for these guys that they're going to get an op- they're going to get plenty of game time. Um, and I think it's important that uh, you know that they they get they get an opportunity. Cena can't do everything every single week. And I think the most important thing um, really is making sure their arrows are right. You know, get the arrows straight. Let's get the line out calls first of all, and then we'll worry about everything else afterwards. Um, yeah. Because we know the mall is one of the most important parts of our game still. Um, and we need to get that right. One thing I would say, Russell, I don't know about if it was noticed on, I don't know, maybe just in the ground, it definitely felt we weren't kicking, certainly after the first 10, 15 minutes, that our, our kicking game was, we weren't, you know, we were kicking from our half, um, but it wasn't, we, we, we did look prepared to go for it every now and then. Yeah, I was thinking about that and I... I'd like to think that we did that because of what Northampton offer, because they're a very good side ball in hand. They've got some very good counter rugby players, haven't mm. they? So yeah. you'd hope it's because of that. Um, but yeah, it felt more sensible. I mean, if it, that's not a bad thing, you know, we've changed our game plan to reflect what Northampton could do because they're very good at that. And it, it did feel like we were a little bit more expansive. Maybe that was to reflect Santi being at 10, because he does feel like a player who you can't get to be conservative. You know, no, you, no. <laughs> it's a bit like having a puppy, I imagine, trying to stop him. You know, that's you can't repress the best players in that regard. And you know, it was it was an interesting game in that Louis Samet and Johnny May were almost after thoughts when they neither did anything wrong. I mean, they just didn't get Zam- the ball, did they? <laughs> Zam- I mean, that fend in the first half. Oh yeah, Zam- yeah, he's like, you know, they're there, and they, but yeah, I thought everyone played well. What I think the other thing that impressed me was after we got the four tries, was we we did, and I think I, I hope Lawrence was happy with this. Like, we kicked yes. a penalty. We kicked um, two penalties. Russ, we kicked incredibly. two penalties. Yeah, and it was nice to see us develop to have that edge of actually this is a t- team that could be in the mix 
for top four. Let's let them, they're leaving here with nothing, not even mm. their bus fare home almost. And it was nice to see us take on that edge as well. So, you know, it's one of those ones I thought we played very well. I don't think Northampton played particularly well, but you, you know, those I, 20 it, minutes, I think they, they definitely looked yeah. very dangerous. So, I mean, it's called those two tries. Um, I think what Northampton struggled with though is their game is very much based on making holes, um, you know, those offloads, uh, fast paced, but you've got to hold onto the ball and their, their biggest, their biggest issue. And this is going to probably haunt them all season is their, their pack isn't good enough, no. basically. Um, and, it- and we, and, and you know, we talk about Val already, any, any decent front row against Northampton are going to make hay. Um, yeah, it, it was, but and again, yeah, you can only do what play what's in front of you. It, it, it felt like a very good performance that we could build on, you know, having mm-hmm. been critical, like a lot of things it felt like they were put right. And we'll be interested to see how that goes going forward, particularly into, you know, there's some big games coming up after the European break, isn't there? So if yeah. hopefully we can carry some form into those games. Um, just trying to think if there's anything I missed because, you know, uh, that was the point we made. What was interesting, we didn't use them all at all, really. You know, the all was not a big weapon for us. So that was quite nice to see as well yeah. in a good way. You know, we've all said we need more options. So we didn't really have to go to the all. So it was nice to have some, some other stuff come out and some other good tries. Um and I think also a shout out to Fraser Balmain, who I still don't know how he scored that try. No, quite. <laughs> what if you? If, what is entertaining though is watching. Is uh, I can never remember which one of the which Matavesi it is, but um, the Matavesi for Northampton uh, giving it the big and thinking that um, the uh, the Tempest had given a penalty, only to realise actually about he'd be just given a try. So it's quite. If you do get a chance to view review that one particular try, you'll see Matavesi giving it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I quite like. I quite liked how pleased Fraser was with himself as well. Like the grin, just it was proper smug. Like, yeah, I, I got that down. Well, I, I mean, to be honest, during the game when when it get, happened, I hadn't, I hadn't even clocked how far Fraser had got the ball out from the line. I mean, it was good six yeah, meters out. Car- it was a hell of a carry, and I think it was Luds who drove him over. Really, drove yeah. him over. I, I think my final thing actually, because it was. It was nice to have a game where the ref was a pretty much a non-entity as well, which yeah. is usually a good sign that they've refed it quite well. I don't think there was anything that really frustrated me in that in that game, which was a nice. No, nice I, I agree, Russ. I don't think there was anything that, and and, and I'm not a big fan <coughs> of Tempest per no, se. Nor am I. Um, but I think, yeah, you're right. The, the the hallmark of a good game is generally is that you just go ref had a good game. Yeah, both cards were fair. I thought Ackerman's first yep. feet. Yeah, um, from what I recall, I don't have a much. Yeah, the Ackerman one. I, I, you know, I can't be critical, overly critical. Look, if you put your hand out and you go for an intercept and he doesn't, he doesn't come off. The 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 uh, it's it. We know that that's more more than likely going to be a yellow card. Yeah. I think in that particular case, you could argue that actually, you know, he'd gone. It, it, it was clearly an attempt to go for the ball. It wasn't a slap down, deliberate knock on, but it's the risk you run. Um, yeah. You know, some refs might have looked on it. Look, it was a genuine attempt, um, and 
he, he, he's knocked it on. We're going to go for accidental, therefore it's a scrum. But I can't, yeah, I can't get too upset about it. Um, if that had cost us the game, I might have had more of an opinion. Yeah, but, you know, I get that. But yeah, yeah it... It's part of the, the way laws are now, isn't it? Like you said, Ed, if you if you stick your hand up like that, you're taking a risk now. Um, yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing to remember. Sure. Um, overall, though, I mean, it was a, a great win. Um, slightly disappointing crowd um, for a Saturday evening. I suppose the point being that it was half five. So it's, it's diff- it is difficult. You know, it, it, nights of drawing in becomes an issue in terms of travel. Um and obviously, there are other distractions on at the moment in terms of sport. So whether there's some people who are desperate to uh, to get back home to watch the uh, Australia Argentina game, I don't know. But that would <laughs> that I might think, have been. Yeah. A, I doubt I that was one, the explanation. I guess sometimes with when it's a five thirty kickoff and then it's on telly, it's almost a little bit easier, isn't it? I think so. Um, yeah, and then you've got to consider as well. It's cold. Uh, and it was cold as well on on um, on on Saturday. And then the other the other aspect as well is to say that um, yeah, on being on telly half five, it just makes it makes plans a little bit more challenging, doesn't it? Um, it's a weird kickoff time. I'll be honest, even as somebody who doesn't go, it doesn't work for me. I'd rather it had been earlier or later because it yeah. Would- that bang in the middle of all the family stuff we're doing. So, exactly, yeah. that's the problem. Um, one thing just ahead of this Sunday, and I uh, sorry, this Saturday, I was saying against Bordeaux, where uh, unsurprisingly and, and 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 totally in keeping with my track record on these things, I had previously assumed that if England got to the quarterfinal of the Football World Cup, that they would be playing at three o'clock. If they're not, they're playing at seven o'clock. And the club have basically said, look, if you're interested and you want us to, we'll. Um, We'll have the we'll have the big script. We'll have some screens on in the in the ground afterwards to watch the football. Um, I think they've offered a ticket deal, like a quarter. I think it's a uh, a, a quarter off, or as a quarter prices it was on like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, for the shed and speedy skips, brilliant. I think. I, and I did see a few season ticket holders moaning about it, and I'm like, well, look, you know, actually, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, Gloucester don't tend to do too many deals of that nature. Um, the, the reason why you can do it for the Bordeaux game, for example, and you wouldn't do it for the Leinster game, is that Bordeaux aren't going to bring any any travelling fans, or there's going to be very few travelling fans. Yeah. So you're going to you lose that aspect of the of the crowd. So there's probably they're probably down maybe a thousand supporters that you would have got if it had been a a, a, a more well supported club from a from a foreign uh, fans point of view. Um, and it does mean that you know, great, if we can get some more supporters in. I think get, yeah, get it bouncing. You've got to do what you can to, especially at the moment. You've got to add value a little bit, and I, I think I find like the season ticket holders. I can understand. The one that always amuses me was some of the comments going, "Oh, why do we want the Wendy ball on after? Why do we want the puff ball?" And it's, I just find it weird that you can't like both sports well, and want I, your team yeah. to do well. But I, I yeah. find, uh, yeah, the, I mean that 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 has always frustrated me this yeah this soup this look in the same way that i would ne- you know people the, the football fans who look the de- down their noses at rugby oh, i agree completely it's exactly the same as the fo- rugby fans who who sort of uh look down their noses at football if you want to see what football the drama of football and sport generally and it isn't just reserved for football but this week that's just gone 
some of those games, I mean, the Morocco-Spain game, the drama of the penalty shootout, the drama of the extra time, um, you know, the, 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 the final group stage games um, were incredible, incredible drama. You had all sorts of going on. I mean, at one point, Spain and Germany were going out. You had, um, you know, a goal for, was it, it was a goal for Belgium, wasn't it, or something like that, or someone. Ago. One goal would have knocked out um, Korea. Uh, one goal would have knocked out Japan. It was an absolutely amazing drama and i think the club released some stats the other day showing about how figures are up and stuff which you know is really good and i think you know i've given them some grief about not doing enough for younger Mm -hmm. fans and the the youngsters numbers are going up and as someone quite rightly pointed out that's a good long-term investment for the club so hey i there's pros and cons to everything. I'm not a season ticket holder, so I quite like that they do these little be- deals. Um, Bill in America, I quite like his idea as someone mm. who's local, but I couldn't get to the fans forum, for example, because of family stuff. Um, it would be nice to have an option to be someone to buy in as a member and have stuff like that streamed. And to his credit, Lance was on Twitter saying he's willing to give it a try. And I think that's all I want to see from the club is ways at the moment we talked about this of engaging and trying to get more people through the door invested in the club and financially growing because hey it's you know we've seen what the state of rugby is in it's not a bad thing that the club makes a bit more money is it so exactly I'm all oh, and before uh, and on that note before we move on to the england um eddie jones saga uh, it, uh yesterday i think it was that worcester and wasp both had their appeals uh for relegation um, um which uh, re- refused and they will start life in the championship provided they can get themselves uh, sorted for next season. Um, the argument that it was a no fault uh, administration was basically said, Matt, sorry, even though, even though you count for the fact that yes, clearly COVID had a, an issue, uh, an impact um, in both cases, uh, it, it wasn't enough to sway, sway the premiership and, and uh, you know, they had their asses handed to them in that parliamentary committee, didn't they? Oh, so it'd yes. be a bit dodged to, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm quite interested in bits of law and I'm quite sad. So I watched that and it was quite eye-opening how much they were ripped apart. I do look forward to this being next season being the year that they want to promote two teams, though. Uh, well, I think from what I understand, there is ongoing discussions about remo- actually reducing it down to 10. Yeah. So um, that which is, I have to be honest. I'm being it, a bit glib, but yeah. yeah. But that, that, that to be honest, just me as a pessimistic Gloucester fan, um, fills me with dread that there could be two teams getting relegated. Um, no. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what would happen. Yeah. You know what would happen. Anyway, we're going to move on now. We're going to talk about the England uh, situation with Eddie Jones. We'll talk about Wayne Peebach and Wales. Not that we care too much, but we have to cover it. Uh, and what we think is going to happen going forward. This is George Skivington. You're listening to the Cherry Jam podcast. Okay, uh, England and the RFU uh, made a decision this week, Russ, and I think that's probably the biggest shocking bit of it, most shocking bit of it. They actually made a decision, um, and Eddie Jones was removed from his post as uh, as England manager um, after what we're on now, nearly seven years, um, and um, I mean. <laughs> 
I think you tweeted it, which was the, you know, and what of the apart from the roads and the plumbing and all the rest of it, what are the Romans done for us style tweets that the people were coming out? Yeah, I, I was tongue in cheek. Obviously, with my rant last week, whenever it was, yeah. I was clearly very disappointed that they've got rid of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's one of those ones, isn't it? Like when people were like, "Oh, but he's won this many Grand Slams." Oh, um, so, so I found a tweet. So it's during his time in charge, Jones steered England to three Six Nations titles, including a Grand Slam in 2016, yep. two series wins in Australia, and an unbeaten run of 18 matches, an Autumn's Nature Cup, and a Rugby World Cup final in Japan. Yeah, sounds really impressive. But let's look at the last few years. We've been fifth, I think. In mm-hmm. one six two six nations, maybe we we've not been in the running, um, and like all of that is to his credit. No one can dispute what he turned around and how dire we were when he when he first came in. You know he's he's done a lot, but it's it's hardly inspiring in the last few years, and no. he's probably been in post too long and. If anything, this change is too late coming. I'm kind of surprised that the RFU have actually got rid of him this close to a World Cup. I think it's almost to their credit, and I don't, you know, not a big fan of the RFU. I think it's almost the braver decision was to get rid of him. But I, the one I find frustrating is everyone was saying it's dire, it's insipid, he needs to go, and now suddenly everyone's going, oh, too soon. It's, sorry, the World Cup's too too close. Too close, yeah. It. You can't have your cake and eat it. And... If only there was an if only there was an example of a of a of an, uh, an international team uh, uh, changing their uh, head coach and then going on to win the World Cup. Oh, that's right, South Africa. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, look, I'm, and, and in no way am I saying that that I expect England to go on and win the World Cup now. You look at the group, we were saying before we started recording and we were saying you look at the group and you would be very, I would be incredibly surprised if England did not at least get through the group. So you have to finish in the top two to get through to the quarterfinals. You would expect England to get through that group no matter what. Now, whether they beat Argentina is 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 the issue, but I would even then I would expect probably to beat Argentina on the day. Um, you know, England played a very poor game against Argentina in the autumn. Um, Argentina had a great had a great game. Um, I, I have to be honest. I think if we were going to compare the two squads and the depth and the ability, you would expect England to win. Um, they get to a quarter final. You're in knockout rugby, um, and you would probably put your money on England getting through to the semi final. And, and and that would be with with Jones or without Jones. I don't I don't. As you look at the squad that they've got, you would expect England to really go for at least to get to the quarter to get at least to get the semi final as a as a as an aim or achievement. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Rest. It was a brave decision, I think, by England um, or the RFU, I should say, because you could you could quite easily see England. Um, sticking with the with Jones, us getting through, and and then it's you know, finishing third in a, in a Six Nations, uh, not a bad result. Maybe beating Ireland, um, losing to France. It, you know, it, it wouldn't have been 
beyond the realms of possibility. I think the, the first three games were Italy, Scotland and Wales, which you'd expect probably based on form and based on the players available, we probably would have won anyway. Um, and then you're coming down to Ireland and France in the last two games and see where you come out. But um, what what I would be interested in, you'll get your thoughts on, were would be the next steps for England. Like The, the rumours are Borthwick as the uh, the full-time coach, but obviously Cockrell's being given the interim job. Uh, are you, are you excited? Would you be ex- <laughs> excited to strong word, but would you be, you know, happy with Borthwick or would you be looking for us to do something slightly more? Uh, there? I mean, I think everyone would, <laughs> everyone knows my thoughts on what kind of rugby I'd like to see. Mm. You, you hear Scott Robinson being talked around. I'd, mm. I'd, Roberts, I'd like Robertson, Robinson, not Scott sorry, yes. Robinson. No, no, it's, it's because everyone keeps saying it, and I'm, I'm as guilty as any. Robert, Scott Rob- Robinson, I think, is it was in Neighbours. <laughs> I wouldn't, let's be honest, it wouldn't surprise me. So Scott <laughs> Robertson, I think I'd like to see us be a bit more ambitious about mm. it. That's not the RFU's way, having praised them for the bravery side. No. Let's be honest, we're not going to change a lot in a short amount of time. I'm not expecting wholesale changes or suddenly everyone's favourite players being picked. I'd like to see a few little tweaks. Um, <clears throat> I'd like us to find a scrum half who could consistently and be the way forward and build around that. I'd like us to sort out who's playing bloody 10 and stick with them. Ideally, yeah. Marcus Smith and just fucking back him if that's what you're going to do. Um, you know, that that argument needs to be put to bed a little bit and just give him some confidence. Or if you're not going to go with him, don't dick around and mess him about and fuck him up. Just make those decisions. Um, it'll probably be Borthwick. I can't say I'm overly excited about that because let's be honest, we're going to play like Leicester who played like Saracens. Yeah. It's a very effective way of playing rugby. I find it a bit dull and frustrating. If it works, it'll buy some time, but I wouldn't expect Borthwick to make wholesale changes. What he is different at is that ethos, that collective, the culture. He does all of that, which Jones... I, I, he's not going to be as fractious as Jones, is he? And I think no. you might find some of the players more happy about that because for everyone who's a fan of Jones you'll find plenty who had no time for his man management so maybe some of those players on the fringes the Max Malins the Simmons probably a bit late for Simmons considering he's going abroad might get an opportunity now because their personalities are more he he can work with them it, it remains to be seen I think I, I just want to see an improvement I want to see us look like we actually enjoy playing rugby as an international side. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like a chore even for the players. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah. It, it, it's, is, it's, it is difficult. Yeah. Because with, I think with England particularly, um, you know, our expectations are probably a lot higher than maybe some other, some other nations. We, you know, we expect to win every single game. I just think, the style of rugby, quite rightly, as you said, has been poor. Um, you know, the style of rugby has been poor. I think the performances have been poor. And um... I'd, I'd tell you what I'd like. I'd like us to think, and this this is a weird way of looking at it, because I'd, I'd like us to just put some faith in players and form 
and not have this st- this commitment to the same players week in week yeah. out, and nothing's going to change. As part of that, I do get that Jones like to build from World Cup to World Cup. I'd like to see some return to some respect to what the Six Nations is as a tournament and what it win means. I'd like to see us actually giving that something, but a balance of blooding a few players every time and uh, and and having a bit of a long. It's a weird juxtaposition, I guess I'm describing, is have a long-term vision towards winning the World Cups, but respect the process of getting there and that's Six Nations. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier, Ed, weren't we, about, you know, all the... Clive Woodward had his critics, but what he was good at was being patient and building. And I think sometimes that's what you need to be at. But but have a go in the Six Nations, you know. Like you said, it, it, I, I find it kind of sad as an English fan, and I'll probably be accused by arrogance of from some of our Celtic counterparts. But I don't give a shit. I'd like to see us go out and believe we're going to win every game in the Six Nations. Whereas at the moment, we're like, well, we won't beat Ireland and we won't beat France, and that's probably true. But I'd like to see us be prepared to go and have a go at them. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things actually when Jones came in that that it did it did look like we'd gone back to that sort of arrogant English, you know, look we're English we're better than them uh, type of thing, which I know annoys a lot of people and quite rightly I suppose. But in, again, in the last couple of years, it, that seems to have been lost. We seem to have gone back again to this idea that oh we're going to be we've got a we've got a Again, I think a lot of it stemmed from Eddie Jones at the end of the day. The the biggest issue for me, and I think I've said this before, is the fact that I I think his personality after a period of time becomes very grating on a lot of people. I mean, you look at the number of coaches he's gone through. I think it's clear to see that it's difficult. He's a difficult guy to work with uh, for any length of time. Um, And you need to have, you need to have somebody who's able able to delegate. Um, and I, I think certainly international rugby, you need to, you can't be in charge of everything. You have to delegate some of this stuff. That was what Clive was brilliant at. You know, he didn't have the, he knew he didn't have the requisite skills to do, say, for example, defence. So he brought in guys who were excellent at defence. Um, you know, you had guys who were kicking coaches, and you said quite rightly, some of it was utter, utter batshit, um, and clearly was weird and wonderful. But some of it now has become. Standard. I mean, that was. I think I saw something the other day about eye, eye training, mm. which, which back in the, sort of the early two thousands was seen as utter lunacy. But now I know that the, um, the certainly the England rugby team, but also the England football team, uh, spend time at training. So it's the idea is what it's peripheral vision. Basically, you're training your brain and training your eyes to look what's in your peripheral vision to allow you to make better decisions. It's 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 you know it was groundbreaking when Clive Woodward was around. It's now standard. And if you win the World Cup, who cares? You know, that's Quite, the ultimate. Yeah. The, I think, you know, it's easy to look back on that 2003 World Cup team and laugh at some of that. But we were arrogant even back then. It's not like Lawrence Delalio, Martin Johnson, Will Greenwood are <laughs> renowned for their likability. You know, they speak their mind. And I, I think you need that sort of identity. Also, the players were trusted. I'm not sure that beyond the a handful of players that Jones trusted them. Like, you know, for all his faults, I think Clive Woodward would let Marcus Smith play his game and build around it because he's tried that. And and he, I think, you know, he was prepared to give the players the benefit of the doubt. I always remember when Sinbad was in and around the team 
you need pop up at first receiver. He was quite good at finding players' strengths and trying to build yeah. upon them and hide their weaknesses. I, I mean, I that's, that, yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the criticisms has always been, oh, James Simpson Daniel should have had more caps. Now, I think, unfortunately, James Simpson Daniel was very much liked by Clive Woodward and would have been in that World Cup squad. Yeah. But he was injured. And it, and, and he, he, and, you know, we talk, we go, and that's the biggest thing. He got injured at the wrong time. That was the problem. Yeah. And, and, and that's, yeah. And then this isn't about the criticism of that. That was about, you could see what Clive was trying to do. And yeah. like you said, I think he had glandular feet. He had a serious mm. illness, didn't he? So he was out for the long term. So he adapted. But you could see he had some faith in a player. And I think sometimes that's what Jones it feels like he didn't do was have some faith in a player. He had, he had faith a, in certain players, yeah. as he's already said, and that uh, was about it. And and I trust his staff. And I think that's the more important thing for me, Ed. It's not just who comes in at the top job, it's who comes in with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a shame. If only there had been someone who was renowned in, in, in rugby for being really good at defence, who had been an option. <laughs> it's, I mean, you, you know, it's things know. like that, isn't it? I know, you know, I know. The right, it's those right people, a good attack coach and all of that so yeah, I think it, yeah. I'm optimistic but realistic not a lot I'm not anticipating a lot of huge change that's going to take time and I think it would come after a World Cup mm. but I like that it's come beforehand because I do feel like you're seeing a couple of little tweaks and we'll be there or thereabouts for quarterfinals and who knows when you once you're in knockout rugby who as we have seen in a world cup campaign with a shit england team got to a final you know so yeah. once you're at that point it, who knows who knows um, um, yeah. what will probably happen is because because we we seem to be going back in time we'll probably end up with Stuart lancaster now uh, <laughs> that has been remixed by the way yeah <laughs> um but yeah no i know i mean and you mentioned uh, a certain englishman who who's a brilliant defence coach. Um, uh, and um, talking to Sean Edwards, uh, Warren Gatland has returned to Wales. The Messiah has returned uh, for, what's this, the second time, third time? I don't know. But basically, Warren Gatland's back. Uh, Wayne Pivak's out, unsurprisingly. Um, I mean, you think England had it bad. Uh, no Welsh man, no, no Welsh coach has ever lost to Italy and Georgia in the same year. I know they beat South Africa away. Uh, and that is, you know, at the end of the day, that's an incredible legacy that he's got. He's the first time Wales have ever beaten in South Africa in South Africa. You, you can't take that away from him. But, I, I mean, Wales, oh, just the, the the style of rugby has been appalling. Um, and selection, again, has been kind of all over the place. I know, he, and, and in his defence, there has been a few injuries. But, you know, really, is Alan Wynne-Jones, why is he anywhere near that squad? You know, is he is he gen, is Alan Wynne Jones genuinely going to be at the World Cup next year? Because if he's not, he shouldn't have been anywhere near that squad. Simple. There's players that have been massively underused by Pivac, and um, annoyingly, it means that you kind of think Wales might have a decent chance of the Six Nations. They're not going to do anything in the World Cup. They don't have depth. The depth isn't there. Um, they they lose one or two in, players to injury, and you are scraping the barrel because the selection's been so poor and um, what has happened though, and what will be interesting is the knock on effect of Will Rowland's going out abroad. Um, and also the, um, and whether that they can kind of maintain this idea that you've got to play in Wales for, well, you've got to have 60 caps, etc. I think there's been talk. I don't know if it's just sort of internet rumors or, or whatever, but there has been talk that that cap restriction is going to be lowered 
there's something like 25 or 30 caps. I think it would be for the good of their game because for all the faults of England, Welsh rugby is a shit show at the moment, isn't it? Like oh, it's, you, it's, it's, a, it's a burning skip with petrol and more burning skips and in you, it. You, yeah, you, you see people making sensible arguments saying this is what happens when you let amateur rugby dictate how the professionals run and they're, rel- they're relatively likeable people who I agree with and Jesus, the bile they get back is just you know, like some controversial opinion. It's it's a mess, isn't it? And it's not a mess, yeah. that the cap thing we've talked about, I mean, as Gloucester fans, we have a vested interest in that with a certain Welsh winger who could I, I've said before, I think he's someone I don't necessarily know if he would stick in with Gloucester. Because what worries me about Zamet is if Fran- French rugby comes knocking with his here's a blank check. That would test Welsh rugby, and I, I think he's the sort of player who could test it by just turning around to them and going, well, do you want to not pick me? Um, because there's a big fortune in France, and I'm going to go take that, so it's up to you. You know, he he feels like, and there's more evidence, like Roland's going abroad date. It's got to be tested. I think, ironically for Zamet, with Warren Ball being back, I wonder if he'll ever touch a rugby ball in a Welsh shirt again. <laughs> so it might be to Gloucester's benefit. He might get dropped. It wouldn't surprise me if Gatlin drops him because he, True. you know, because he can't truck up the centre quite well. And you know, no. But well, uh, I mean, what what is interesting though? I mean, the the sort of thing around Wales and and, and Zamit. I mean, to me, that I think lowering having retaining that cap. So you need to have that limit of getting caps. I think I think that makes sense. I I get it. I do. There has to be some sort of incentive for Welsh rugby to have the best young players playing in Wales. I think there has to be that sort of incentive. But then equally, once you've hit 20, 25, 30 caps, which you can achieve in, realistically, you can achieve in three years, four years, based on the number of games you play in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, you got these six nations and then you're autumn internationals and they normally have a couple of summer internationals. So you can do that realistically in two, three years. Now that means you can then say, okay, we're going to offer you this contract, Mr. Welsh winger, for example, Uh, this is what we're going to pay you uh, and you can stay here. And we're going to look after you, and you're only going to play X number of games. It means you, you know, you can play Heineken Cup rugby or Champions Cup rugby, or whatever. You're going to get, and you're going to get paid X, and you're going to play international rugby for the next three years, right? There's your, there's your deal. Um, but if you don't want to do that, you can go off to England or France and play there. We're going to still pick you, or we can still pick you, but it gives the young winger who's coming through the opportunity to make a, an impact, and then yeah. you can pick them. And then they, they, you've then got them for three years. I think that's far more sustainable long-term idea than trying to say to somebody, you've got to stay for six, seven years of your career. And it's, yeah, I think that's a better model. They've got three professional teams, three regions. So it's a little, four, sorry. Well, well, that's the issue. No, but that's the issue though, is is it for, I mean, you know, there's been consistent rumors about the Ospreys going, possibly the Dragons going. Um, so you're not wrong, Russ, really. Yeah, it's I mean, small, yeah. but it's a limited opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I've had this argument before. Teams like Gloucester are right on their doorstep. So you think how many Welsh players we've brought through that have been missed by the regions? Mm. There's Gloucester's incentive in the future to develop these players. And exactly. I know that's not necessarily Welsh rugby's problem, mm. but loyalty goes so far, doesn't it? It works both ways. And I've, I saw someone say... If Wales had any sense 
they would have Louis Rees Summit's face all over everything because he he could basically print the money if they marketed him right and yeah. used him in the right way. They will make more money from him than he will earn from them. And like you said, th- there's got to be some reward for these players saying you can go away and earn bucket loads of money. Look at, you know, I mean, the Dan amount bigger. of money, Dan <laughs> Bigger, yeah. In in England, Luke Cowan Dickey, if if the rumours are true of how much he's earning, is absolutely ridiculous. And I do not blame him for wanting to go and live in Montpellier and earn a fortune. <laughs> yeah, for so, two, yeah, three years. Yeah, exactly. I could I could live in the Welsh Valleys earning average money, but I still play for my country, or I could go abroad having done my time, mm. helped out develop the region, done all of that. And be on good money, but still want to do, you know, for all the knocks and criticism, most people in Wales are very proud of their national team for reasons I've yet to ascertain, given what they, but, you know, <laughs> they want to play. because they don't like the English. That's I know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've heard rumours that <laughs> there might be some truth in that. But let's, it, it, seriously, they want to play for their country, but at the same time, rugby is a short career and they want to do what's right. They want to do right by their family, their career, profession, that they need it. Most of them will work with the regions and they're not asking for a huge amount of money. Let them play. And Dan Bigger would learn and develop as a player by playing abroad. You know, look at what it's done for certain, some players. Like, you know, Finn Russell has developed massively by going abroad. I don't see it. I, I think your idea is the most sensible one. It gives them some protection and control, but it rewards those players who have got some longevity to them yeah. as well. And, you know, um, and, and, and again, it shouldn't preclude people who, if you're only a Welsh player, and again, because there's only so, num- so many players that can play in Wales, it shouldn't preclude a player who goes to England, starts their career, like Reece Amit, has a great start, and then they can maybe, you know, in the, in the three years, they can stay in England and continue developing there. It just it, what it gets, you say, it, it gives that protection. And then if you can kind of sort out the professional game in Wales and kind of make it more sustainable, again, I should make a point, not that we necessarily want this to happen, but, but or, you know, we care that much, but it, it would make more sense if you can, can kind of control the youth setup and you have a facility which you you know you are able to bring more young players through your system rather than um, them having to go to Gloucester or Bristol or Bath or wherever to get game time or to to, to play. Um, that would be far more sustainable and easier yeah. anyway. And you could and you always, have to pay them less for some Yeah, time. exactly. And you could all. The one thing for me is. Would Louis Rees-Samet have exploded on the scene? And I don't know the answer to this. If he was playing for a region, would he have got a chance as young as he did at the level he did? I mean, one of the first moments we all took notice was Connell in in Europe. I don't know if he'd have got that opportunity necessarily in the regions. Who knows? And, you know... (laughs) You've got it. They, they, they basically, there's a problem there, and they've got to be very clever and very careful in how they work this out. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, Louis Rees Summit isn't just the only young Welsh player who, no, in the last few years, who's, who's broken onto the scene outside of Wales, um, mainly because of the failings of the Welsh system. Um, if I think, as I said, I think there's ways around it for them, and if they can get them sorted, and Gloucester can benefit, 
whoop de doo we all have yeah. um, just find a way that we can keep him please that, yeah, that's what we're saying you know that's, that's my saying. interest i look forward to um two more Warren Ball in the future. Mm. Not a fan. It feels like they've gone for a safe appointment there and it's probably bought them some time because, you know, the Welsh have a short memory of their achievements. And he, I'm not a big fan of the way Gatlin plays rugby, but it works for them. And it also answers a question of who's the next Lion coach is going to be because they'll fucking pick him again, won't they? <laughs> no. yeah. I think I think it, I would assume my assumption is going to be probably uh, um, an Irish coach. I just I have a feeling it'll be an Irish coach. Just my, my well, it's not going to be Gregor Townsend. I think that's the I, only yeah, no, so that's think, the only safe bet. But, yes, yeah. I think it's it's not going to be Eddie Jones, and it's not going to be Gregor Townsend. They're the two absolute definitive. We know it's not going to be them. And so anyway, Pivak. And, and Pivak, yes, yes, and Pivak, right. wherever you pronounce his name. At least enough to try and learn that anymore. No, no. Anyway, so right. The job. Uh, yeah, God help us. On that note, uh, final bit of the week, uh, which was the entertaining 13 of the 15 players in the Premiership Team of the Week, um, which I think Russ shows you everything you need to know about how to fix the poll. <laughs> I mean, that poll has been ludicrous for years, for not years, but weeks. a while. A weeks. I mean, Quinns have dominated it for quite a while, haven't yeah. they? Quite often the Harlequins fans have mobilised well. Um if I'm Louis Rees, Samet and Johnny May, I'm wondering why the fuck we were singled out as the two not to be nominated from Gloucester. But yeah. It, I think yeah. it's, um, yeah, you're quite right. I think unfortunately um, for Premiership Rugby, 13 players from one team. I mean, the one thing I would say, you're going to get more of this because of the lack of games in a weekend. Um, you know, with only 10, with only, uh, sorry, 11 teams. You, you're going to have weird weeks, weekends where there's going to be limited limited number of games. So you're going to have this weird sort of 13. I mean, what 12. was hilarious was the fact of, so their team of the week at 15, one of the options was Lloyd Evans. Another one was Furbank. <laughs> and <it's, laughs> you're not going to vote for Furbank, are you? I mean, had I'm not a fan. I don't get it. I know others do, but they... He wasn't in that game, really, was he? So, you know, sometimes even the options are just slightly ridiculous, aren't they? I mean, yes. I I didn't I didn't see enough rugby to not vote for anyone else. And let's be honest, sometimes, you know, you are always going to be drawn to your own team unless someone has had such a ridiculous performance, you feel an idiot to not to vote for them. I mean, to be fair, on the back of that, if you had, Asked me to be completely impartial. It'd be very hard not to put Val in that team. It would yes. be very hard not to put Santi in that team. And you could argue a few others. Again, having not seen enough rugby to our comment, but it's just quite funny. Really, it is. It's just entertaining, and I, I just love the fact that you know that I think almost Premiership rugby almost went well. We can't let him have full fifteen. Um, I reckon it'll happen though. I'm pretty sure some one teams point... gonna have it, aren't they? Probably us. Yeah. Like I said, Quinns seem to Quinn's, be quite good at Wins or us. That pile. I would, I'd say Quinns, Gloucester, maybe Leicester. Uh, might at one point during this week, this season get a you, fifteen of the fifteen. If they're gonna change the way that thing is done, this is probably the week that they do it. And I mean, yeah. they could do it so much better. I mean, they've got enough bloody pundits kicking around. Do a short oh, yeah. pod. Do a short chat. I mean. Well, you, what you do is you nominate, you basically nominate your, so I don't know, Flatman nominates three players 
and you choose from those three players. You're probably going to have an over. If you know if there's Gloucester players, more Gloucester players than in that, you're going to have a, a an over emphasis of those. But it it means you're not picking five players in like it, it's pointless. I mean, yeah, people and people love a debate. So I I don't think there's anything wrong with having a few pundits kick around and argue. I mean, we hmm. get what five hundred listens a week. People want to listen to me, and I know fuck all about rugby. I don't think they tune in for me, but you, you know the, the point is. People I don't know, like, Russ. The you've got a fan base now, mate. Oh yeah, I'm sure I have. Um, <laughs> West Country accents of people who make clangers. I'm the Boris Johnson of the rugby Twitter world. Um, that's not a good analogy, Russ. I don't keep that in. Hundred um, percent. The, <laughs> the point. I think the thing is, is people want to hear and have conversations and debates, but that poll could just be done so much better couldn't it and this there's a given you know we talk about a good Gloucester fan conspiracy this is the week they'll fucking change it we can't have Gloucester dominate like that again so exactly there's um I've got a feeling though um we're gonna find um the uh this I, I I do think when Gloucester put got 40 50 points on back again maybe hopefully uh, we might see a 15, 15 man Gloucester side uh, in the Premiership team of the week. Also, I, I always think back to when Sky Sports used to have their rugby, and they used to have the uh, the try of the week on the rugby club, or try yeah, of the month on the rugby we, club. That we and used to win quite regularly. Every single time there was a Gloucester player on it, always won. It. To the point that Stuart Barnes used to reference it and say, or Darry Morris, sorry, Darry Morris used to reference it. And uh, you know, who's your who's your pick there, Dowie? Well, it didn't really make a difference, does it? It's a Gloucester player; they'll they'll win. Uh, I, so. I mean, there were there were some weeks when there were some absolutely ridiculous tries, and they'd put in an absolute bang average Gloucester try, and it wouldn't just win; it no. would win by like you know over half the votes. You know, it'd be by far and away the winner. It was yeah. yeah. I just like the idea that Gloucester Gloucester fans just. Literally, they're all you know. We 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 feel we feel that downtrodden and annoyed and left and left behind by the rugby sort of illustrious rugby uh, community that we're going to just rig polls. I just like the I pettiness think, of it. I just I find that entertaining. Just, I think some of it is it ties into the ethos, doesn't it? Of of where we are as fans, and it's it's that siege mentality. I think. Yeah. You know, I think it's having a chip on your shoulder. You like to feel hard done by, you know, we yeah. feel like we've so got we're going to rig an internet. <laughs> we're going to rig an in, but you take whatever victory you can get, you know. Yeah, true. Now, now Lawrence is near, and we have to, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. I think we have both chose poorly with our sporting teams, haven't we? Gloss, you're a Southampton fan, I'm a Leeds fan, and you're used to just the, the things I remember are like meaningless to fans of bigger teams sometimes yeah. you know it's like coming back from 3-0 down against Derby County for for Leeds or you know moments it's, it's one-off games there's very few big moments of when we won a league or we absolutely dominated because the one year we dominated a league we couldn't even do that fucking right could we we lost the one game we absolutely had to win you know it's 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 that moment. So I think we all still feel we have a point to prove. And we we you see it every year. You know, everyone has their favourites within England selection. It was like that for a while. We've there, there's always an Andy Hazel or a Simbad who is hard done by for England for us. I know? think there's, now it's yeah, Val, moment. to be honest. Val is yeah, the and new... Val is up there. And I, I would argue is one at the moment is one of the ones where I do feel the most baffled why he's ignored. I mean, Genge is 
a superb player in very good form, but how Val cannot be the player who comes. Imagine, like, we joked about this with other things. Like, imagine you're playing rugby, uh, absolutely fed up of being scrummaging against Gend. You're absolutely battered. And after 60 minutes, Val Rapava Ruskin's coming on. I, I, I wouldn't be overly happy about that, I don't think. You know, he's, no. he's got that about him, hasn't he? So, yeah, it's a weird one, that. But, yeah. I think we're trying to add more meaning to this poll than it is. It really is just quite, it's just quite <laughs> it's just, funny. It's just entertaining that Gloucester fans are still as petty as they were 25 years ago and we're still happy to rig a poll. I'm I'm all for it. Rig every poll you possibly can. If there's a way we could rig a poll that got us into sort of European finals or premiership finals, I'd be well up for the, it. And the thing is, is they are damned if they do, damned if they don't, because now that happens... Any week that Gloucester players aren't put forward, they're never going to hear the end of it. No, if I they know. try and change the way that system is done mid-season, they're never. It's a Gloucester conspiracy, you know. Their their media team have got some work to do to try and get <laughs> to try and get some credibility into that system again. Yeah, they've got they've got two weeks because uh, we've got Bordeaux on Saturday, Leinster the following week. Um, and then we're back to you, uh, English Premiership Rugby. So uh, on that note, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there, Russ. Thank you very much again for your time. Uh, we yes. will reconvene next week. And I hope, hopefully this Saturday is going to be an all-conquering weekend for England over France. Um, and then into next week when, I'll be honest, if it does go a certain way on Saturday, um, rugby is probably going to be very secondary for a lot of people um and uh, we'll see where we get obviously if it doesn't go the right way um football is rubbish anyway on that note uh thanks again cheers